Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Michaels, and this is the 60th episode of the podcast. So thank you so, 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 so much for your love and support over the last year and a half. And I am so grateful to um, yeah, reach this milestone. I wasn't sure if I would get past 30. That was kind of my thought process when I first started the show. So to make it double that is pretty awesome. And I wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for you listening. So thank you so, so much. Also, thank you to anyone who has sent in a review on iTunes. I appreciate them so much and I read them all the time. So please keep them coming. It's how we get into more listeners' ears and um, help them find the resources within them to heal. And so today I want to talk about a concept that um, can be a little difficult to embrace, but I hope to kind of build it up with some backstory so that you can um, see that it is so powerful. And that is this concept that I like to call thought balancing. Carlos Castaneda said that we can either make ourselves miserable or we can make ourselves strong and the amount of work is the same. And so, so to start, I think I'll start with a little bit of backstory. So when I first became, I would say, obsessed with health and wellness, it was back in college when I was about 21 years old. So like 15 years ago, I had an episode where I passed out one morning in the halls of the linguistics building at UWM. And I woke up and there were three people standing above me. They were kind of talking like whether or not they should call the cops or the an ambulance for me. And it was at that point in my life that I had been um, throwing up every single meal for five years straight. Um, it was at that time that I also started drinking to excess almost every single night. And my body was sort of like an afterthought. And so I drove myself to the urgent care that day and they discovered that I had dangerously low electrolytes. I also had an irregular heartbeat and what I had experienced in the linguistics building was uh, an episode of vasovagal syncope. And all of these were a result of my long-term relationship with an eating disorder. But that was the first time that I kind of, it kind of hit me that I had to start caring for my body, caring for the way that I treated myself. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, though, that I was so deeply entrenched in the eating disorder that I felt powerless to change to the point where I thought I would die with, with that behavior. I, I thought I would rather die than give it up because it was the one thing in my life that made me feel that sense of control. And so even though I felt totally powerless to change it, I started making small changes within my, my health, my life. I started eating a little bit more consciously. So instead of ordering two meals of Chinese food and eating them all in one day, I would, um, 
buy healthier food and then keep down certain meals that I didn't feel guilty for having. I also stopped certain addictions, like I was addicted to non-prescription Adderall at the time, and um, because it made me not hungry and made me super focused, and I thought it was something that my body needed and that I was missing. And um, so I stopped that, and I began kind of looking into mindfulness and meditation and started journaling about my goals and my manifestations and started listening to motivational speakers like Wayne Dyer and Bruce Lipton and Louise Hay. And I started to see more clearly how I had been playing the role of victim for a large portion of my life. And so I began to work on shifting my perspectives in life. I decided to take responsibility for my life, and I, it was at that time that I decided to transfer to acupuncture school, really in an effort to be in an environment where I could maybe heal myself. And in acupuncture school, one of the first concepts you learn about is the concept of yin and yang, or the concept of balance and imbalance, excess, deficiency, hot, cold, damp, dry, we observe all of these elements within the body and then we develop a diagnosis and treat based on these presentations. And what I liked about acupuncture was it was a drug-free way to tend to the human body and call upon its own internal resources. Acupuncturists see themselves as gardeners of the body, sort of weeding out stagnant areas and promoting the flow of energy within the pathways or rivers of the body. Um, physicians are more like mechanics, right? So they're removing parts, replacing parts, or willing our parts into submission with either chemical or mechanical solutions. Acupuncture only required or requires the immune system of the patient, and it works through the stimulation of the nervous system. And it's based on this idea that we all have everything we need in order to regulate our nervous system within us already. And I think that the way that we view and treat disease in the allopathic model will be seen as archaic in a pretty short amount of time, I would say decades. Because our bodies, and we're finding this out, our bodies are so much more brilliant and self-sufficient than any medical textbook could impart. Our bodies are never suffering from an excess of organs or a deficiency in drugs. When it suffers, it suffers from imbalance. And that imbalance really begins in our minds, in our thoughts. And over the years, it's become super clear to me that if my thoughts are imbalanced, then my intentions become imbalanced, then my actions become imbalanced, and then my habits become imbalanced. And so when all of that is out of balance and not in line with my truth and my values, then my body would show it in the form of various imbalances, whether it was chronic pain or a flare in my eating disorder or whatever. So it's my personal belief that living in this state of untruth um, within my own thoughts, like having a balanced 
or an imbalanced perspective where I'm seeing something as totally bad or looking at something as totally amazing and, and just not seeing the full picture, then that leads to sort of this uncenteredness within my own body. And so a lot of times when we have a perspective that is like, let's say we look at chronic pain as all bad, then we will end up in a state of depression and anxiety and stress and numbing and anger and blame and despair and depression. On the other hand, I believe that if your actions and your intentions are in line with your highest truth or your highest self, meaning that your deeper truth really resonates with you on a deep level, then you become more resilient. You become more energized. You become more in tune, more intuitive, and less susceptible to imbalance within your mind-body system. And so one of the things that I truly believe breeds and perpetuates symptoms, especially chronic symptoms, is when we as humans forget the inherent balance of the universe. When we forget that this world is equal parts light and dark, equal parts yin and yang, then we take on an imbalanced perspective and then we take imbalanced actions, which then lead to imbalance within our bodies. In Hamlet, Shakespeare wrote that there's no such thing as good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And so when our perspective on anything in life is that certain things are all bad and all wrong, then we are deeply forgetting the laws of the universe and the inherent dualistic nature of it, the yin and yang, the light and dark, the equal expression of both all at once. So that means that all events are actually neutral. There is nothing that is all good or all bad. Everything just simply is. So if you judge any event with this incomplete awareness where you see it as all good or all bad, then you are forgetting the laws of nature and you fall prey to the mental, emotional, and physical imbalances that emerge from that perspective. So one way you can view symptoms, whether it's anxiety or depression or back pain, you can see it as simply nature's way of bringing you back into a balanced perspective or nudging you closer to truth. It's a letting you know that you have an imbalanced perspective in one way or another, in one area of your life. Because anytime we see support without challenge or challenge without support, we are not seeing the whole picture yet. We are missing something. So symptoms are your intuition's way of revealing to you your, the aspects of your situation that you are ignoring so that you can come back to a balanced perspective. And symptoms persist when your perspective stays unbalanced long-term and you cling to one-sided views. So for instance, if you are being praised at work, you might find that 
as soon as you walk in the door, you're being put down by your partner. Nature is always balanced. Our daily lives help us remain authentic within these supports and challenges. So when we walk through life and we expect nothing but positive, we are unwittingly setting ourselves up for disappointment. And often we'll find symptoms arising when that equilibrium is off. So let me just talk about my past two weeks. It's hilarious. So over the past two weeks, I've attended a court hearing. I helped my mother move into my house in haste. I witnessed my stepdad in a state of complete mental, physical, and emotional breakdown. We had to rip up our kitchen floor yesterday because we discovered a leak that has been going on underneath our dishwasher for the better part of a year, which uncovered mold, which has been there for God knows how long. My dog's skin has been consistently inconsolable for the past three months with hot spots and even raw, um, raw areas on his elbows. And we've been feeding him this organic, raw, biologically appropriate diet and just nothing's helping. So maybe it was the mold. I don't know. My computer broke. My cat had diarrhea. I'm in the process of saying goodbye to all of my beloved acupuncture patients and closing up my business that I've worked on for the last 10 years. But I'm also in pursuit of my highest truth. I'm also expanding my, my vision of my life. I get to work with some really amazing soul level clients. I follow my inner callings. My body has never felt better. My spiritual practice is deep and fulfilling. My relationships with my family are growing deeper and closer in the midst of all of this chaos. My pets are beautiful and imperfect, but perfect. And my heart is full and grateful. And I know that everything in my life is in perfect balanced order, even though I could have easily seen these past two weeks as, oh my God, what is God trying to punish me for? <laughs> and so chaos can be perfect. Chaos is a part of life. And so just knowing that everything has a balance, I'm almost excited that I've been dealing with so much stuff over the last two weeks. Cause it's like, holy cow, I'm in for some treats just to balance all of this out. And so I want you to know that having a balanced perspective doesn't mean that you're repressing your true feelings about something. So you can have a balanced perspective about crap in your life and you can consciously choose to allow yourself to move through frustration, through anxiety, through tears, through fears, and you can sit inside of those darker states of being and just be present with how hard and inconvenient it all is. But at the same time, you can know that it's just part of the balance. And so I like to keep a mental image of the yin-yang symbol in my mind at all times because it is so helpful to just see that symbolic image of the nature of the universe and just remember that this human experience is always balancing itself out. Everything is relative to everything else. And so as long as you view the world or your life experiences in an unbalanced way, then I think your body might stay a louder messenger than you'd like. And so this is where I think positive emotional repression comes in. I believe that 
if you are someone who is in the habit of being habitually glass half empty or just you're habitually anxious or habitually angry or habitually frustrated, then the emotions that you might be repressing are in fact the positive ones. And so when we are challenged, we are often not at all open to experiencing that challenge. We often feel victimized by it, and we are generally unwilling to look for the blessings within those challenges. And so I'm not suggesting that you do some sort of spiritual bypass and that you just um, immediately do, do this when a challenge arises. But what I am suggesting is that eventually, after you let yourself feel what you're going to feel about the challenge, I'm suggesting that you look for the balance within that challenge. So if you were to take something that's really in your mind, all bad, and you kind of take a piece of paper and you split it into two columns on the left-hand column, you write a list of all the reasons why it's bad. And then in the next column, it is my challenge to you (laughs) to find one counterbalancing positive thing to match each negative. And it doesn't have to be within the same realm of life. It can be anywhere in your life experience because we are holistic. So all this exercise does is it just teaches you to acknowledge the inherent balance within the universe and stretch your brain a little to just see what possible gifts could be arising out of the challenges that are in your life right now. So when we are really in love with a person, when we are deeply infatuated with a person, we often perceive them to be more supportive than challenging. And in that perception, our brains are releasing dopamine and oxytocin, which are the happy hormones. And because we believe that it's possible that this person is just 100% positive for us, then what we are doing at that moment is we are simultaneously putting them on a pedestal and minimizing ourselves, which can create a dependency. So then we become addicted to the dopamine and oxytocin that we get from these relationships. And so because of that, we set ourselves up for this like state of being in fear of the pain of rejection or withdrawal should they ever leave us. So much like a child that fears losing his or her parents, When we see someone in our lives as totally supportive, we become juvenile and dependent upon them, upon their presence in our lives. And we tend to even change ourselves and and not express our truth around them in order to minimize the chance of them leaving us. We'll often do virtually anything to keep that stream of dopamine and oxytocin from that relationship going. And on the other side of this, when we perceive someone in our, in our lives to be deeply challenging, our brains release cortisol and substance P, which are stress and pain chemicals. And in this dynamic, we perceive this other person as, as just totally awful. And then we kind of build ourselves up in relation to them. And so in this scenario, we want to become independent of them and we wish for the end of the relationship. We wish that they could change or that they could become more like us. And we tend to view these scenarios as totally different. 
But in fact, they are equally imbalanced. They are both the same level of imbalanced in perspective. Our one-sided perceptions cause us to become imbalanced towards life itself. And when we feel excessively victimized or excessively victorious, our vitality decreases and our bodies actually tend to create illness as a way to restore balance and call our intuition forward to, hey, look at, look at what you're perceiving and what is out of balance. And so a lot of times we see our challenges as only terrible, but there is always a hidden balancing component to any challenging situation. And symptoms that arise are simply a call to notice that balance. And so when your mind is imbalanced, gratitude feels totally impossible. But if you can look beyond your immediate challenges and supports, you can see the whole ecosystem from a, a higher perspective, and you can actually be grateful for all of it. When we feel ungrateful for life itself, we feel it's, it's like this gravitational pull that pulls us downward. But gratitude kind of radiates outward from the heart and the world opens up as your heart does. And wisdom and wellness flow from a balanced perspective and our emotions let us know when we are out of balance. There's always a balance. Nothing is ever lost. Everything is only transformed. And so when we are ill, we can almost be certain that we have an imbalanced perspective somewhere in our lives. So when Sarno talked about unconscious emotions, he didn't just talk about the darker negative emotions. I think he focused on rage because I think at that time that he wrote the book, societally speaking, that was one of the more unacceptable emotions. And so people swallowed their rage um, when it arose, which just led to that imbalanced perspective. And so it was like a, a positivity movement where it's like, oh, everything's fine and, and nothing's bad and everything's good. And so that's also an imbalanced perspective. And I think that was the imbalance that he was seeing the most of. But I think if you are very conscious of your rage and you know that you're frustrated all the time and you know that you're angry all the time and you're feeling just constant grief and anxiety and darkness and you're wondering what the hell else you could be repressing, I think what you need to be doing is finding the balance to the conscious rage and anger and frustration and anxiety that you have around your experiences. So it's my perspective that there are four wholehearted emotions that we are able to have in any life situation. And those wholehearted emotions are gratitude, love, inspiration, and enthusiasm. And these four wholehearted sensations can spring from the knowledge that everything in life is inherently perfect. Even the dark, even the bad, even the good, all of it is just is. And so once we stop judging the world and simply embrace it as it is, then love and gratitude can spring forth naturally. Gratitude, love, inspiration, and enthusiasm generate 
wellness. And unbalanced emotions create illness. Happiness, sadness, worry, anxiety, passion, joy, even the so-called positive emotions can lead to this fantasy that life could always be this passionate or happy. And so then when misery comes along, we are totally unprepared for it. And we think that we're doing something wrong because misery came. And so when your mind is balanced, your autonomic nervous system retains its equilibrium and the yin and yang of the nervous system can be mirrored in our sympathetic versus our parasympathetic nervous systems. So we all know that sympathetic means our fight or flight, which is active during the day. It, it surrounds our stress response, our perceived challenges. It prepares our body for exertion and physiological changes can occur whether or not a physical threat is present. So even joy and satisfaction can trigger the sympathetic nervous system. Excessive excitement leaves us kind of embedded in our sympathetic nervous system. And we release cortisol, adrenaline, dopamine, and we experience anger, fear, anxiety, frustration, resentment, excitement. When we are in our parasympathetic nervous system, this is the system that takes over at nighttime. So it's our rest, our digest, it slows our heartbeat, it relaxes our mind, it prepares us for sleep, it involves the, the states of infatuation, happiness, satisfaction, boredom, sorrow, and depression. But our bodies require both. Too much sympathetic leads to anxiety, pain, insomnia, and too much parasympathetic leads to malaise and uh, just lack of motivation to do anything. And so just check to see where in your life do you see things in all black or all white? Make a list of all the things you perceive to be all bad or all good. And then I encourage you to look for the balancing factors. And the balancing factors can appear in all the areas of your life. And it's just important to know that for each item listed, there could be, and there would be, if you looked hard enough, a counterbalancing item. Because every time we lose, we gain. When we hear no, there's yes. If we feel underappreciated in one place, we'll sense deep appreciation in another. And so it's a really good mental habit to get into, to get really real and honest with yourself and just notice how easily we slap a label on something and see it as only dark or only light or only good or only bad. And I promise you, it is both at the same time, always. And it only appears not to be that way because our perspectives literally can change the environment that is reflected to us. And so I challenge you this week to look for the gifts within your life. Look for the gifts within the crap. Look for the gifts within your symptoms. Look for the gifts within your past experiences. Look for the terrible in the amazing. Look for the challenge in the support. Look for the support in the challenge. And I think you'll be pleased to notice how life can begin to unwind and transform and flow into balance once you 
kind of affirm to yourself that this is always the case for you. And so I hope that was helpful. I hope it made sense. And, and let me know what you guys think. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in today. Much love. Love.